0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Angelo. Come on, get it together, buddy. So, patience, right? Um, First, I want to go through a little, just a brief review. We're in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 23. You can turn your Bibles to that. Um, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And we started our series a couple, a few weeks ago, with first looking at love. You know, you can't get to any other of the other fruit without love. Right? God is love. Right? Love is God. It is the crowning fruit. And then we examine joy. Joy is higher than just a thrill of an exciting experience of some type of circumstances, right? That's happiness, which goes from moment to moment. Joy is what you have when you're sustaining through all of these things. All of these circumstances, all of these terrible situations that you might be going through, that's joy. Last week, we spent some time with peace. Peace is the same as assurance, right? It is a spiritual balance that we attain as we walk in submission to the Holy Spirit, right? It is peace that surpasses all understanding. Love, joy, and peace are the initial fruit produced in the soul of one who is saved by Christ and led by the Holy Spirit, right? We also know that fruit of the Spirit is singular. It's not plural, right? These are not individual fruits that we can pick and choose from, right? These these fruit are ninefold, if you will, a package deal, These fruit are a physical manifestation of the Christian's life, okay? The next three are patience, kindness, and goodness. And these are less about how we feel and more about how our relationship is with others. All right, and today, if you haven't guessed it, patience... Is something that we all long for, but it's it's sometimes it's a little bit out of reach for, for some of us. So I'd like to begin today with just asking a question. It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer. But how many times a day do you think you look at your phone? It's rhetorical. All right. All right? We live we live today because we say that. Time is money, right? We get so impatient about everything nowadays. Patient is so difficult in our culture because we feel like we don't have enough time to do a lot of things that we want to do. we're always trying to figure out how to cram more and more things in less and less time while allowing less and less time to do those things, right? We don't want to waste time. And we feel that pressure. We all feel that crunch of that pressure of the 24-hour day, trying to cram everything inside of it. Right, we also, in today's world, we see a lot of advertisements that have the word faster in their slogan. Right? And we see some of these things. We can cook faster. Right? We can clean faster. Right? We can drive faster. We can fall asleep faster. We can get dressed faster. Well, some of us... Did you know that we can even go to church faster? Yeah, we perked up now, huh? Well, there's a church in Florida that advertises a 22-minute service. <laughs> That's right, 22 minutes. They promised 22 minutes after you arrive, you will be dismissed. Right? The music's fast. The prayers are quick. The sermon is only eight minutes long. Now, you know, don't get your hopes up. (laughs) Not going to do that today. You know, Pastor Trent would not be happy if I gave an eight-minute sermon, right? But speaking of these quick fixes, right, these quick fixes have thrown our internal timer out of balance, right? It creates expectations that can't be rewarded fast enough or even at all. You know, when things move slower than we expect, our Internal timer kind of plays tricks on us, right? When we're in those moments and we finally realize, well, we got to wait. Now, what happens? It summons in that anger or that frustration in us, in that proportion of delay. We live in a culture where convenience is king, right? Not Burger King, right? But we definitely want it our way. right, the faster the better. No wait time. We want microwave meals and drive-through. We want high-speed internet, and you better have free Wi-Fi. And by the way, Zion Life is the password. (laughs) Online grocery shopping, right? We want our entertainment now, on demand. If we can't have those, what do we do? We buy Hulu. We buy Netflix. Right? How many people have a house phone? Wow, that was more than I thought. I pay for a house phone and don't have a house phone, <laughs> right? Because we all have cell phones, right? Uber eats. We don't even have to go pick up our food anymore. We have Amazon Prime shipping shipped within two days. And if that's too short, they even have an Amazon now shipping two hours. I see some of you going like, mm-hmm. All Right? we have Dash. We have Instagram, right? I found out about the Lightning Lanes at Disney when we went back in April. Yeah, those people in that long other long line wasn't too happy with us, all right? You got diets, quick fixes, life hacks, FaceTime, right? And I can go on and on and on, right? But basically, I want it that way. You can thank me later for keeping that tune in your mind all day. Many of these developments are wonderful for us, right? right? Why stay and align needlessly? Right? We happily embrace these improvements that we have, but at some point, right, we should pause to ask ourselves, you know, are we looking at these and overblown expectations of instant gratification in our lives, right? Not only are we impatient with fast food, entertainment, information, long lines at Disney, but we're losing our capacity to be patient altogether A man and his wife are awakened at 3 a.m. by a loud pounding noise. The man gets up and goes to the door where a drunken stranger in the pouring rain is asking for a push. Not a chance, says the husband. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. And he slams the door and goes back to bed. Who was it? asked his wife. Just a drunken stranger asked for a push, he answered. Well, did you help him? She asked. No, I didn't. It's, th- it's 3 o'clock in the morning. It's raining outside. He answered. Well, you've got a short memory. You remember that time a few months ago where we were on vacation and those two guys helped us out? I think you should go help him. And guys, we, we, we know that look that our wife gives us, Right? So, guess what happened? The man puts on his clothes, gets dressed, goes out in the pouring rain and calls out into the dark. Hello, hello, are you still there? Yes, the man says. Do you still need a push? The husband calls out. Yes, please, comes the reply from the dark. Where are you? asks the husband. Over here, on the swing. Talk about patience, right? <laughs> yeah. So today I want, to, I want us to consider three angles of understanding the fruit of patience. How is it defined? How is it developed? And how it is displayed or demonstrated? So how to define the fruit of patience. So let's start our our study by defining the fruit. The word we translate as patience or forbearance in some of our Bibles is macrothumia in the Greek. It's made up of two words, macro meaning long, thumia meaning anger or temper. The synonym would be long-suffering. We've also seen that word in our Bible, which means it takes a lot to make a person lose their temper. Right, we see people like this. Right, a person we will say that person has thick skin. Right, it takes a lot for that person to get offended or irritated or even lash out. Right, we know that that's the spirit of God working inside of them. It's a kind of quality that enables a person to bear adversity or or insult or injury. Right, and it makes a it makes a person patient with others also. Right, most people consider patience to be a passive weight or a gentle tolerance. Most of us think that, right? But in the Greek, especially translated in the New Testament, that the words that are translated for patience are active. They're robust, right? Consider example Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm running, ain't nobody catching me. Right? I'm not waiting for slow pokes behind me to come up behind me. Right? So the word translated in endurance here... Is, is patience, right? Christians run the, the race patiently by proceeding through difficulties. And then Bible, patience is proceeding towards a goal, enduring trials, or expectantly waiting for a promise to be fulfilled. And I like the way Charles H. Spurgeon, theologian, says it. Blessed is the grace of patience, but hard is it to be acquired. Wow. May the Lord of His infinite mercy teach us to bear it cheerfully and so to take up our cross for Jesus' sake. So we've learned thus far that when we bear the fruit of patience and love, that we are becoming more and more like the Lord. After all, these are the fruit of His Spirit, and we see tons of these examples in the Scripture. And if we want to divine patience correctly... we look at God. So here's some examples. God gave the people of the world 120 years to repent before he sent the flood. Now, if we think about that, Noah's neighbors spent 12 decades watching him build that ark and preach repentance before God sent the waters to cover to cover the earth. Or we can see Jonah who ran away from God, ran away from God's call to preach to the Ninevites. Or even God's statement to Abraham in Genesis 15 concerning the Amorites, where they were inhabiting the promised land, and instead of God immediately wiping them out, he chose to wait 400 years. And of course, Jesus, God becomes flesh, showed his patience constantly, especially with his His disciples, his first disciples, right? James and John always quarreling. Peter, right, always putting his foot in his mouth. And let's not forget the Lord patiently enduring beatings and the crucifixion so we can all be forgiven, right? We can go on and on citing these examples, but the fact is, is God is patient with you and I every minute of every day. The God we meet in Scripture is relentlessly patient. He fulfills His promises without haste. He compares His kingdom to a mustard seed. The greatest displays of God's patience, however, appears in His response to our sin. Romans chapter 2, verse 4, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not know that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Right? No doubt God is patient. It means not mainly that God waits a long time, but God shows long-suffering kindness to sinners. God loves you. He's long-suffering towards you. Right? He's patient. He's merciful towards you. Right? You might might have came in this morning and it felt like you did God a thousand wrongs. Right? And he's still there with open arms for you. So in talking about patience, let's flip the coin and talk about impatience. So at the core, impatience grows out of our unwillingness to trust and submit. God's timing for our lives. Wow, doesn't that sound familiar? Impatience is a child of pride and unbelief. It arises out of our frustration that we do not control what happens and when. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way to death. Right? It's it's preferred preferring to man's propensity to rely on his own thoughts and ideas, right? Putting his thoughts before God, right? And we also see some of these examples in the Old Testament. Moses, right, the leaders of the Israelites at the time, was on Mount Sinai speaking to God, right? And in the eyes of the Israelites, Moses was taking too long. They were becoming impatient, so Aaron gave in to their requests, used their gold earrings to make an idol in the form of a golden calf. Also, we can see Abraham and Sarah, who did not wait for God to give them the son he had promised, and resorted to using Sarah's maid, Hagar, as a surrogate mother. Right? This is the picture that I have of how we think how I think. Right. Let's see if this sounds familiar. So I'm either too impatient, right? In which I make rash decisions, which results in all types of consequences, or I'm too patient, right, where I waste vast stretches of my life pursuing the wrong goals right the extremes of both sides of that because without God's guidance we, we navigate this is how we navigate on our own understanding where one, one side we, is rocks and the other side is a vast vortex and we're trying to guide ourselves through both of those on our own knowledge Why don't we trust God to guide our path? Now, sure, we can say we're impatient, right? But I I think it's deeper than that, right? It's a little deeper than that. I think, and some of you might agree with me, that we don't trust him enough, right? When you have impatience, the trust is not there, You know, we all have examples of being impatient with someone that's not doing the job right or close enough to the way we want to do it. We jump in. There's a trust issue there, right? We believe God, but we don't trust Him enough. We're not willing to let God take the will and we be the passenger. We're not willing to surrender to Jesus. We're not willing to trust him. And can we honestly say that he is taking control in every facet of our life? Can we truly say that every decision of our life is made by listening and waiting on the Lord? Proverbs chapter 16, 1 through 3 the plans of the heart belongs to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Right? We always think that our ideas are the best, that they're great. We have a problem, we pull out that book of solutions. There's an answer. But it's the Lord who weighs the spirit. Right? It's the Lord who actually determines whether the intentions and motives of your heart is good and right. That means when you have that idea, you should be taking it to the Lord. Giving it up to the Lord. Letting Him take control over that. Lord, what should I do? How should I proceed? Through this, right? Because God knows our lives more than we do, right? He knows the end from the beginning. Giving God control is surrendering to Him. We are telling God that we are not big enough to deal with this, you got to take over. God gives us a start, or we'll have an idea of where we want to go. And he'll give us that end vision. But you ever notice that we don't usually get the plan or the process? Why do you think we don't get the process? Why do you think God lets us in on that? Because we'll try to change it. Right? What happens if you're the passenger in a car and you want to take the wheel? Right? You're either going to hurt yourself, hurt somebody else, or you're both going to be in trouble. But that's the same thing. Right? Let God take your journey, let Him lead your life. Because Patience is a big part of our journey. Why, Angelo? Why is patience a big part of our journey? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Because waiting is where faith becomes necessary. You got to have faith when you're waiting, right? We have faith that that check's going to come in Friday, right? It's the same thing. Have faith in the Lord that he's going to deliver you through this situation. I mean, think about it. If God was immediate gratification, if He was that, that genie, right, we wouldn't have to have faith in Him. We wouldn't be, faith wouldn't be required. Right? It's in the waiting and the silence where faith develops. How to develop the fruit of patience. A young man, a Christian, went to an older believer to ask for prayer. Will you please pray that I may have more patience, he asked. The aged saint agreed. And they knelt together, and the man began to pray. Lord, send this young man tribulation in the morning. Lord, send this young man tribulation in the afternoon. Lord, send this young man, and before he can get it off, The young Christian blurted out, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) Now, I didn't ask for you to pray for a tribulation, right? I asked you to pray for patience. And the old saint looked at him and said, "Ah, because it's, it's through tribulation that we learn patience. So if you want patience, you know what you're going to get. Right? We all need it. But it's God's power and goodness that are crucial to the development of patience. Right? It's His power. Because patience does not develop overnight. Patience needs to grow through trials and tribulations so it can build and it can improve. Right? And we see in James chapter 1, the first few uh, verses. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And you can, we can put patience in there. And let patience have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. All right? James is being very straightforward here. Right? He's telling us that these trials and these tribulations that we often try to get ourselves away from, right? as soon as we see these coming, we're, we're pushing these to the perimeters of our lives. We don't want to deal with these things. James is saying that we should view these trials a little differently. That we shouldn't view these trials so much as enemies against us. Right? That we should view these trials as a friend these trials are going to improve our understanding of patience. And James doesn't say if we meet trials. He says when. And we all know that there's one thing guaranteed in our life is that we're going to meet a trial, right? Right now, we're either going into a trial, we're in one right now, or we're, or we're getting out of one. And then the cycle begins again, right? Because this is how God strengthens us. Right? There's not a person in this room that's not confronted with an unbearable moment. Right? You could be waiting on a, on a job offer. Right? You could be, could be waiting on that perfect husband or wife. could be waiting on that prodigal child to return. Your health to improve. Because the benefits that we receive from trials and, and difficulties are substantial towards our maturity and our growth as being a Christian. However, it largely depends on how we look at them and in the manner that we handle them. Right? Because I can go through a situation where I'm, I'm not being as patient I'm griping, right? I'm grumbling, I'm complaining. As we wait on the Lord, we wait patiently without compromising our values and our faith. All right, two people can go through the same situation and deal with it differently. We have a model. We have Jesus, right? Because it's his spirit Who instills patience in us? And since patience or long suffering is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it goes without saying that we must cooperate with it. And we use the word often here intentional. Be intentional, be rooted in Christ. Colossians chapter 2, 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught a bounty in it with thanksgiving. All right? You cannot bear the fruit of the Spirit if you are rooted in the Lord. It doesn't work like that. Roots provide Stability provides strength, right? Our connection with Christ is a necessity if we are to bear fruit. Avoid distractions and stay focused. Distractions is anything that comes to stop you from being all that the Lord has destined you to be. And we have plenty of distractions throughout our lives, whether it's our job or our family Stay focused on our relationship with Jesus. Forget what is behind. Focus on his word. Focus on his divine assignment. Third, have faith in God. Hebrews 6.12, so that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Are there things that you've prayed for out of faith that has not manifest itself yet? I say patiently wait for those things to manifest. Don't let the delay of your discouragement make you quit. Because oftentimes we don't see, we don't get a chance to see the blessings of God because we're too impatient. Wait on God's timing. Patience is proof of faith. For you have need of endurance, so that means you have done the will of God. You may have received what is promised, Hebrews 10.36. It is what keeps us from giving up. Your faith in God will always require a time of patience. Number four, spend time in the Word. And I've learned to do this, right, over the last few years, is spending time in the Word because you find that it gives you strength, it gives you hope, right? It gives you peace, joy, and it also promises healing and deliverance and provision and instruction, right? And when we as Christians spend time in the Word, guess what happened? We think things that are in line with the Word. Study and meditate on the Word of God. And then last, pray always. Ephesians 6.18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints. Start each day with a prayer. Let God guide your Guide your way through that day, right? We only promise that day. Invite God into your life so He can so you can establish a deeper relationship with Him. And your faith will grow stronger as you take those burdens to God. And last, how do we display or demonstrate the fruit of patience? A man was walking through a supermarket with a screaming baby in the shopping cart. The woman nearby noticed time and time again the man would calmly say, Keep calm, Albert. Albert, keep calm. Keep calm, Albert. Fouling admiration for the man's patience as the child continues to well, The woman walked up to him and said, Sir, I must commend you for your patience with baby Albert. To which the man replied, Madam, I am Albert. (laughs) Right? If we can be patient with God, we can be patient with others. Right? And I know that there are people that annoy us. Mm, 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 mm. like that guy down a block whose dog barks all night, right? Or the driver poking along going 45 miles an hour in the left lane, right? Or the person ahead of us in the 20 items or less, and it's not 20 items that they have. or the person that puts 19 different things on that belt, chats with the clerk, fishes for their checkbook only after everything has rung up, complains about the bill. Sometimes it's people in our own family, right? It's the nearest and dearest to us who tries our patience. C.S. Lewis says it well. When two humans have lived together for many years, It usually happens that each has tones of voice and expressions of face which are almost irritating to one another. You know what I mean. It's not that the spouse does anything wrong. It's just that he raises that eyebrow in a certain way that drives you crazy. It's the way that she takes forever to tell a simple story. Right? As God's chosen ones, Paul says, "Bear with one another. Clothe yourselves with patience, even that person that annoys you. Even that person that gives you that funny feeling when when they walk in the door, you're like, "Oh my goodness." Ask God, how should I bear this person? Give me patience, Lord. So how do we display the patience that is characteristic of Christ? Well, first we thank God. A person's first reaction is usually, why me? Right? The Bible says rejoice in God's will. Second, we seek his promises. You know, sometimes God is going to put us in in difficult situations, right? And that's for us to be witnesses for others. And sometimes he's going to allow a trial or two, right, for that sanctification of our character. But we remember that his purpose is for our growth and his glory. And he would help us during that trial. And third, remember his promises. Romans 8, 28, which tells us that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All right? Those all things include the things that try our, our patience. Right. The goal here is not simply that we study about these various components of the fruit of the of, of the spirit's fruit, but that each of us are finding ways to apply these truths and therefore grow in in the Christ in Christ likeness. So, if the worship team would come up I got one last thing to say oh you can't come up you gotta wait till I'm done (laughs) and I am the worship team right (laughs) I don't have to come up (laughs) so last thoughts the next time someone asks you to push them on a swing The next time you are in a grocery store with a wailing baby or someone mocks you for being a child of God, how will you respond? Right? Because our natural response is impatience, which leads to stress, anger, frustration. Right. But praise God that we have a wonderful God. As Christians, we no longer have that bondage. We don't have that bondage to this natural response because we are new. We are new creations, right? I uh, saw something on on Sam's uh, Facebook that says that we are becoming... We're not changing, right? Sam, we're becoming more like Christ. I thought that was great. Your failures and your mistakes cannot outlast his patience and his grace. And that rhymes too, so you, you guys take a picture of that. Say that to yourselves. Your failures and your mistakes cannot outlast his patience and his grace. God is doing something bigger than what you see. He's causing all things to work together for good. And he doesn't cause all things, but he'll use all things. You might think that your life is falling apart right now. Or there's such a trial that's going on that's unbearable. Everything that seems to be falling apart right now is essentially Fallen in place if you're taking it to the Lord. Right? And here's the big picture. Because there might be someone in here that doesn't know Christ that well. And you're here and trying to figure out why you're here. And this is why. The whole human race was created with the potential to become children of God. It is why any of us exist. And it is the goalpost God is moving us toward, slowly but surely. It's a plan that's been in motion for a long, long time. Because God decided it was worth waiting for. And more to the point, he decided that we were all worth waiting for. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this message that you've given me to speak to to these people. God, let their hearts see how much patience on this journey that that we're in helps us. And the trials that come along, that we better to, to deal with them a little better. Right? and taking everything to you, Lord, taking everything that we have, right? Praying without ceasing, every step of our life, taking it to you. That we should be a prayer, right? A thought away of praying. And bless everyone as they leave out of here and that they've taken something from this and that it's pierced their heart, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, And we praise your name, in Jesus' name, amen.